Welcome, welcome to the Don Chow. Fuck, it's called the the Dao of Chow. The Dao, the Dao of Chow. The purpose, partially the purpose of sharing this, this moments with you right now, is for you to see that, like how I work, because I think a lot of my self-image has been is. I, like I'm doing some image, so I'm exploring my own PR right now, like self-image consulting vibes, whatever that means, but in my own way because it's, um, like I'm a one-man show here. I feel a little bit strange that I've I've dressed up a little bit crazy, but the the whole idea is that the the external might seem more crazy. But what's, what are the internal workings of the Tao of Chow? So I, I'm aware that I'm bidding, I'm like in a performance mode. Like I've set up a little, spent like the last 30 minutes trying to set up a little version of a studio. Um, I can't even tell if it's recording because I'm shooting. And it, it could like not even record and then I'm just going to just be kind of pissed off. But at least I'll have some audio, some quality audio. So I'm just going to trust that this camera is working. It's really hard not to check because um, I have some trauma, I guess you could say, around, you know, filming something and then the, I forget to the record or it stops recording or there's some technical difficulty or my files get deleted. That might actually be a great segue into this theme that I wanted to explore today about narcissism and spirituality. Like why, well, because it, uh, according to Wikipedia, there's healthy and unhealthy levels of narcissism. And word for word here, narcissism is an essential component of mature self-esteem and basic self-worth. In essence, narcissistic behaviors are a system of intrapersonal and interpersonal strategies devoted to protecting one's self-esteem. So there's that's the, the kind of uh, consensus reality of what a healthy level is. And I would question First of all, what is self-esteem and how do you determine on this spectrum, based on your culture and your society, what is healthy and what is not? So there's room for interpretation. And this is where it can get subjective, obviously. For example, I could make the claim that our Western, modern, younger generation social media obsessed, obsessed people are functional in society and, and actually perhaps even getting rewarded financially for their narcissism, but I would say it's unhealthy. But you could argue that it's healthy and it's just the way it is. And just perhaps even like an addict, they could say, oh, I could quit any time. It's not a, not a big deal. But is it? Can you quit your social media? Can you turn off that phone? And why would you want to? You're getting rewarded for your knowledge of how to magnify and protect and grow your self-image. And to to curate your self-image. I just like putting weird costumes on. I know, for example, that when I put this on, I was like, this could be distracting from the point I'm trying to make. But then part of the point is I like to explore 
messing with my own self-image to create some sort of subliminal effect where you where you see a, a, a kind of a weird image of me and that feels good for some reason but I think what would be weird for me is if I get a suit and I look all proper and that's one of my my goals here eventually it's just sometimes easier to look weird and crazy because you can kind of like mess up and it looks artistic it's not just for like face and makeup and face painting and stuff it's just maybe in general all right so there's normal levels and let's just look at what the definition of a destructive level of narcissism is. So the high levels can be damaging and self-defeating. Damaging in what way? See, how do we determine what's damaging? I mean, it could be argued. Okay, let me just continue before I get into my points. So destructive narcissism is a, the constant exhibition of a few of the intense characteristics usually associated with pathological narcissistic personality disorder, such as a pervasive pattern of grandiosity. Yeah, queen, yeah, king, yeah, we are gods. So much to unpack there. Which is characterized by feelings of entitlement and superiority, arrogant or haughty behaviors, and a generalized lack of empathy and concern for others. On a spectrum, destructive narcissism is more extreme than healthy narcissism, but not as extreme as the pathological condition. Well, what's beautiful here is that we're talking a spectrum. And to assess where you are on that spectrum, that's an art, I reckon. But let's just look at my own, let's just see if I can analyze myself because if I talk about other people, then I get in trouble. So one of the reasons I think why I use myself is because I can't cancel myself unless I decide, I mean, I have the choice. But if I start talking about narcissism, about other people that are actually, I know, then it wouldn't be good. It comes back to me, which has been my experience. I could talk about celebrities and other people that are like famous and project onto them, and maybe that actually is a good idea. But I don't know them. I don't have a direct experience with them unlike people who I've had personal experience with, so I can more aptly assess their levels of narcissism or who they are. Because I'm aware that the projection we put out into the world, like I am now, or any, like Hollywood or uh, it, PR, like everything is curated. So how do you know the person being you see online is who they are? And maybe it doesn't even matter to you because a lot of times people are just using parts of what they see online like a, like an idea. This, you know, the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing. It was like Amber Heard is the, you know, narcissistic, histrionic, BPD, NPD, whatever. And Johnny's kind of the... Anyways, I think you get the point. I just stopped because I, I forgot to take a deep breath. So there's coffee. That fuels my outgoing nature. And it's in the morning where my mind is more sharp. As the day progresses, I become more spacious and less cerebral. So I was ex listening to Trungpa Rinpoche. He was a famous Tibetan monk who came to the U.S. in the 70s and became a guru. He created Naropa University. And 
he coined this term crazy wisdom into our narrative, which is basically all the definitions on my phone, but basically using contradictory behavior to lower the spiritual pride in people who are spiritual to kind of do things backwards, to do things in a way that shakes it up a little bit. And that really resonates with whatever I've been doing in my life and what my natural impulses are. The other uh, archetype or theme, around, the, the other term is called Heyoka, which is more of the Native American traditions. This idea of somebody, of the, the, the guy riding the horse backwards. So the sense of doing something backwards or contradictory on purpose is what is interesting to me. For example, part of me on purpose wanted to show the world like my, the kind of more neurotic, crazy side of a human, of a me, of, of whatever. It could be me, but also sometimes I just project and take in other energies to and express through that. Like, and it sounds woo-woo, but it's, it's very simple. You just kind of feel into, like, I think everything you could say could be argued as a frequency, it's a tone, it's a vibe, right? So it's like if you feel, you could put that into words. And I think most people, when they share online, they want to share something clean and, and open and happy and and yes and, like, Maybe we just had a nice cup of coffee and we're doing it and we're going and yeah, let's go. Wow. Ooh, ha, yeah. There's that aspect of what, what's popular and it's positive. It's, it's, it's bright. So that's the vibe. And then with that, though, it's almost sometimes like people are hiding another part of them. So that's what made me want to humanize the internet by showing the other side of the spectrum because that's been my experience meeting people who have such a uh, like a highly positive social media image but in their own personal lives there's so much um, darkness and craziness there that they hide and and it's it's sad to me because then it's creating a path a pathology, because I just saw the word, inside, I think it's a pathology to, to be so compartmentalized and hiding aspects of ourselves because we don't think the other people can handle it. We don't think people can, can understand us. So I was watching Trungpa speak, and one thing he does is talk very, like, I would say, I could say it's narcissistically. It's like, I am amazing. Like, there's a sense of I am amazing. But it's kind of in contrast to me, where I feel like I'm not enough. And how that plays out is if you feel like you're amazing, you may sl talk slower and, and be in your own kind of flow. But if you feel like you're not enough, you might think, you might talk faster, and I need to fill this moment with, with valuable content so that I can get engaged and, and it's amazing, ah, la, 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 and then you start sh doing a show. So that's something that I'm aware of in myself, this kind of impulse to to go, go, to show it, rather than, and then, and, and you're kind of facing the fear of losing an audience if you slow down, Be, because there's this uh, trend where people's attention spans are very, uh, not not very, cannot pay attention. 
so let's continue. So basically, Freud said that pathological narcissism is just a magnified version of healthy narcissism. So with that said, health, there is, narcissism itself is not healthy or unhealthy. It's just the degree of it. And what is narcissism? Narcissism is a self-centered personality style characterized as having an excessive interest in one's physical appearance or image and an excessive preoccupation with one's own needs, often at the expense of others. It is human nature for people to be self-centered. Then it goes, unreliable source. Is it human nature to be self-centered? Or were we taught by, by our culture and does our culture reinforce self-centeredness? Perhaps with concepts like if you, f like capitalism, like if you follow your own selfish needs, you're actually benefiting the whole. That's one of the, the basic principles of why capitalism works. It's this idea that if everyone's out for themselves, there's an element where you're benefiting others. And I think the actual practice of it is it's a balance because people don't want to support someone who they think is too narcissistic and people don't want to seem like they're too self-centered. So then there's this whole, oh, this person's doing charity work, this person's donating or helping the community and it, and it becomes in the name of service. I was just questioning all these things. For example, service, selfless service. In spiritual community, they talk about um, selfless service, seva. How do you know it's actually selfless? How do you know you're not actually super selfish? Because you have an image of being selfless. Because being selfless makes you more enlightened makes you more mm, it fits your image of your idea of yourself as a, an awakened helpful service good uh, conscious person in the world changing the world doing great things and by the consensus reality it's it's okay to be like that you get reinforced people think you're amazing so that's, how do you know your selfless service is not being done in a way to get approval? For example, people will share their, their charity work, their meditation retreats that they go on, um, on their social medias, as if it's like a badge of honor or an achievement. And they say, I'm doing selfless service, look. So by virtue of doing that, you're opening the door for getting approval and people saying, wow, good job, that's amazing. So on some level you could say, well, I'm educating people. I'm saying, hey, look, you come to this Vipassana, this is the schedule, this is what we do, it's amazing, let's be more selfless. Or, look, I'm an influencer, but I went on this retreat and now I'm, I'm, I'm more grateful for my life. And, and you can be more grateful too if you do this and that. Which is fine. Selfless service, uh, healthy narcissism, we're promoting something great in the world. 
uh, through my my experiences and I have a following and my fans will appreciate what I'm doing or whether it's fans or maybe you're I think a lot of women want to look for like a husband or a guy right it just get me in trouble but so let's just say in my experience some of the Instagram women I've known or seen or friends that have Instagram that are women I get this feeling of partially they're doing it for themselves. They say that, right? And what does that mean? Because, oh, I'm young, I'm beautiful, I want to share my flower, my fragrance with the world. Meanwhile, you, you, I'm taking your photo and you're like, this is wrong, this is wrong, you got to get it right. Oh my God, this doesn't look right. You gotta, you're like a trained an expert in how to get the perfect angle and then you, you do the Photoshop and the filters create that image so and you have makeup on and you're saying I'm a flower that's like a flower on steroids that's like a flower being magnified by in artificial ways a true flower has its essence as it is but that's not really um, but it's normal it's normal these days to be like that and I'll be honest, I use women as a theme because it's true in my life. I love women and I just ha feel like somehow I've been um, drained a lot of my energy and it's almost like I'm trying to warn myself and be like, hey, or warn a younger me. And I could, I could even say what I'm doing now is a selfless service. I am, I am sharing my my wisdom, my crazy wisdom. So if I just take a moment and ask myself, what, what am I talking about and why? One of the main reasons is to show that I'm a rational human being who's reflective, who can be calm, who can be crazy, but that's also a show but who knows maybe i am crazy and how do you define these things this is so there's an aspect of enjoying mining for truth and and questioning our assumptions about reality and it's it's as if even the definitions give you space to interpret narcissism itself can be healthy but when magnified it's unhealthy what's the healthy and unhealthy level and how does social media fit into this and how does spirituality fit in and how are people deluding themselves to believe they are selfless when it's actually very selfish and why is it such a big deal? Why is it so difficult for a spiritual awakened person to acknowledge their own selfishness or their own narcissism? It's like, like for me, I think if someone's like, hey, I'm fucking selfish and I love it. I love attention. That's amazing just to be able to say that. And, and I can say that like I fucking love attention. And why? feels good you get some dopamine hits if you get a like and a view and maybe you get money in life and you get more resources so that i can go on surf vacation someday which to me is a dangerous belief to associate my expression with money because it opens the door for well how can i do it express myself in a way that gets me approval so that i can make money through it in my experience I haven't really made money so to think that I could might be a little bit delusional because but then I can think well I haven't really tried or I haven't hired the right marketing person but there is an element of wanting to be able to be myself to survive and this connects us to this idea of needing to belong to a tribe to survive so that's why we would care what other people think because if if we're outcast then we can't survive 
And I'd like to, 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 to say that I think part of why I can be so expressive and strange to others or just polarizing or cringy or even sometimes insensitive is partially because I don't feel like my survival depends on your approval. Like, I was able to stay in Bali. I didn't have to become a coach or, or try to figure out how am I going to be able to live a life where I can surf every day and stay in Bali and go to ecstatic dance. I mean, I had to figure it out, but not in a way where... Like, the way I figured it out was how can I lower my cost of living so that I can uh, continue staying here and be healthy with the allowance that my family gives me. And I'm 40, almost 41, and my mom still sends me money every month. And if I need help, I can, I can use her credit card. And just having that sense of earthly security allows me to sit here in the mornings, create some idea of a podcast, explore my own mind, self-reflect, explore my own self-centered personality. How do I know I'm not an extreme form of nar like uh, am I how, do I have narcissistic personality disorder? Am I projecting onto some of the relationships I've had or women I fell in love with and saying that they're more narcissistic and I'm the empath and I'm a victim of their abuse? I mean, I'm definitely less vindictive, I think, and less cold and some of the people I've experienced in my life. And I think there's a level of empathy that some people just don't have. And I can compare my, I'm not being narcissistic about it, maybe I am, but I'm saying, look, I can feel when somebody's more empathic and when they're not. And the reason why I would go for someone who's higher on the narcissistic spectrum but lower on the empathy is because they're hot. They turn me on. Why does that kind of person turn me on? Is that somehow tied to evolutionary survival? Maybe. Maybe the, the narcissistic person is mm, less of a pushover, is better at getting resources and keeping them. So maybe. But it... At the same time, yeah, they, I feel it, it would be nice, and I think I need to mature into it, to, to connect with those people that I can actually feel are, are more em empathy-oriented, more, and rather than go for it just because they're so hot. But how do you know that? And I think that's been the thing over the years is how do I know I can trust people or, or open up like that? And sometimes it evolves into something that doesn't feel good. And then it can be argued that, well, you need to stand your ground. You, need to, you know, don't let people walk all over you. If you give them an inch, they take a mile. And that's my own impulse to be in this warrior or more masculine or more rigid way of, of being. And that's probably why I have like fake guns in the background. Somehow that energy is something I want to project into the world where I'm more sharp, I'm organized, but I'm also can be crazy. And that's like a good balance of being like, but also... Because then you don't know where I'm coming from. Art of war, baby. So that's, is that narcissism in me? This wanting to be a warrior, a man, a pres preserve my energy, grow my influence. How do we know? Oh, I'm about to run out of coffee. That means I've lost my motivation. Which is interesting to notice. Ooh, let's keep on this. Oh yeah, the theme. 
was spiritual narcissism. But let's look at other forms of narcissism. Sexual narcissism. Uh, an egocentric pattern of sexual behavior that involves an inflated sense of sexual ability or sexual entitlement, sometimes in the form of extramarital affairs. This can be a overcompensation for low self-esteem or inability to sustain true intimacy. It's supposedly more common in men than women. Like, I am fucking man, I'm a sex god. Sex addiction is related to sexual honor. Okay. Parental narcissism, parency... Their children as extensions of themselves. And that affects the children a lot. And it messes up their life. Because the kids are just... Encouraged to act in a way that supports the parents' self-esteem and ideas versus the kids. Which leads to alienation later in life from the kids and the parents. Workplace narcissism. I'm allergic to my wig. Oh. Uh, professionally, to constantly show their competence, executive status, general workforce, counterproductive behavior, aggressive, celebrity narcissism. Sometimes referred to as Acquired situational narcissism. It's a form of narcissism that develops late in adolescence and adulthood, brought on by wealth, fame, and other trappings of celebrity. Mm. It's, and it's supported by celebrity-obsessed society, fans, assistants, tabloid media. Amber Heard, that's an example, right? She was kind of like not even that great of an actress. She's just hot, and she just get all these dudes. She must have a really good... Sexual ability. Where uh, one expert says, what happens to celebrities is that they get so used to people looking at them that they stop looking back at other people. Does that mean they don't look at other people's social media? Because I've been kind of staying away from looking at other people's pages. Meanwhile, like projecting my own image out into the world. Oh. Yeah, so there's a cost to me trying to portray this mask thing. If you're just listening, I'm wearing a black wig, painted my lips one side black, one side white, tied something, this little like mask over my eyeglasses. I'm going to take it off because I think it's just getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things about living in Bali is it the wild is there's mold and dust. Ugh. Now am I more authentic? <sighs> Collective narcissism. Collective narcissism is a type of narcissism where an individual has an inflated self-love of their own group. I mean, that's like, couldn't that just be called patriotism? I think, for example, yeah, I think in China, people are very collectively narcissistic. Like, if you see a Chinese tourist, it's like, they think they're better than you. Like, everywhere they go, they could be like... A f a factory worker, but when they travel as a group into the world and there's and they come in these like mass amounts of mass like anyways, I'm sure you can relate to that, but see then I'm gonna get in trouble if I say something about China, then I'm gonna say something about u s normalization of narcissistic behaviors. Um, some commentators contend that um, the American populace has become increasingly narcissistic since the end of World War II. P 
people compete mightily for attention in social situations. They steer conversation away from others toward themselves. Reality TV, social media, the new era of public narcissism. Why is America more narcissistic, though? I don't know, man. Western people advertising. Oh, here's an interesting thing. Advertising in individualistic cultures like U.S. versus collectivistic culture like South Korea. U.S. ads tend to stress the distinctiveness and uniqueness of the person, whereas advertising in South Korea stressed the importance of conformity and harmony. These cultural differences were greater than the effects of individualism in the national could be argued that collectivistic cultures are less narcissistic, but what about collective narcissism? In harmony and conforming to the, the whole. Or, and then, so then could being narcissistic and emphasizing your uniqueness be considered less selfish in some ways? Maybe. So here's the, the perspective I'd like to explore. What if you embracing an impulse that was not going to be approved by the world, that was going to make you more cringy and alienated and, and not making money? So if you were narcissistic, you might stop that impulse from being shared with the world because you're aware that that will lower your status. However, it was your natural, unique impulse to, to be that way in that moment. And if perhaps you were more... Uh, in harmony with your own self and sharing it, you would follow that unique individual expression. And that wouldn't be necessarily more narcissistic. It would actually be authentically you. But you're still expressing it in a unique way that others could interpret as narcissistic because it wasn't like what everyone else says. But then at the same time, in an individualistic culture, everyone's saying, be unique, be yourself, but not like that. So there's this, again, there's this spectrum of how weird you're allowed to go before you lose audience or before you create too much controversy or cringeworthy or people won't like your stuff because it's embarrassing to them, but at the same time they watch it because there's something interesting about it. The thing that I think makes me a little de more delusional or something to be aware of is, for example, I was thinking, well, who do I admire? Okay, Russell Brand. He's already famous, then he started doing his podcast. Joe Rogan already made his career in other things and like trained to deal with people. Like managing social relationships, conversations. And and doing stand-up, doing shows where they, they curate their image and they have their clear vision and they perform. All these people I admire like Dave Chappelle, even J.P. Sears, Ricky Gervais, these guys are themselves, but there's something about them where they are their their fame or popularity also brings them more of that. And they're like funny. Am I funny? You know, it's like they're they've gone to live shows, and I think that's one of the uh, 
pitfalls of me sitting here talking to myself is, or even just performing and sharing things is, is how do I know what lands? And yet I love being in my own little world bubble because when I was trying to fit in in LA and do stand up and do acting, it was actually very difficult for me to put it together routine and then you go to these, um, if you can do open mics, but then if you want to do a, go to like a comedy club when you first start out, it's like you have to invite friends and it's like a two drink minimum and it's like, I don't even like alcohol. But that's maybe an excuse because things have changed. For example, if I'm in, here in Bali, like there are many open mics. There's like a conscious spiritual community. You can just go and, and perform and, and, and practice your material. And that's something that I'm building towards, I would say. And why I'm sharing this now is just because um, part of me thinks it's, it could be a value to share my process. At the same time, I'm like performing it. Because it's easier. It's, it's just coming out of me. It's not like I've rehearsed these things. And something, I just enjoy not rehearsing. I remember having to learn lines for acting and I was like, I can't even remember. This takes so much of my energy to remember some stupid lines. But maybe that's art. It's like threading it into a needle. I mean, threading a needle into a camel, whatever. I don't know what it is. All right, that's like 41 minutes of talking. My time is about up. I can feel spaciousness wanting to take over. I'd like to thank the caffeine, this, oh, this is how you do business, right? So I was actually drinking coffee from local here at BGS. I grind it myself. So that's the way is if you're talking about something, you say, well, thank you to this for supporting me doing this. Oh, is that what they do? And then if I really want to, and if you had a following, you could be like, and then you could talk to BGS and be like, look, hey, I have a following. I'm going to do a shout out for you. Here you pay me. That's what influencers do. The whole thing is that they have an audience and I, I'm just like talking to myself. But wouldn't it be cool if I just keep talking to myself, sharing and then it grows, like an audience grows. And I'm also trying to understand how to grow it and exploring ideas. And meanwhile, being aware that my life does not depend on it actually working, which is, I think, a little controversial because the prevailing narrative is that the things that you like you need to have the vision and believe that you can achieve it and if you really attach to that vision then somehow it helps you achieve it more than if you just are just like, okay, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, doesn't, I'm just doing my thing. I'm gonna take a risk here because I'm now the Tao of Chow. The Tao of Chow would say, do your thing. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's okay because you're doing your thing. And when you do your thing, you feel magical. And that's one thing that no matter how much money you have, can't buy that sense of magical um, alignment with your dharma no like your uh like you don't get bored it's like that's the whole point it's like like rich people so many of them are bored but if if that's why i think they sold out their soul on some level to get rich and that's why they're bored because they they don't know 
what it's really like to follow their authentic impulses because they had to change them to fit in to get the resources they needed to become who they are but that's like first generation rich what about generational wealth like you just grew up in wealth anyway i think that's a theme for the next time i would love to get into that i think i'm i was supposed to like i had this plan to talk about spiritual narcissism because it's such an interesting theme to me and, and this idea of the hayoka and the crazy wisdom and doing things backwards and consciously creating uh like why do i i'm like i love hunting sp narcissist spirit like spiritual people who think they're fucking amazing because it's different from normal people who are just normally like i'm amazing i'm narcissist like look we're partying we're fucking amazing we're like straight up at the club getting vip table service like there's something less interesting to me making fun of those people the unconscious people because the conscious people in my idea of what conscious being conscious means it's it's like as if that stuff doesn't matter as much and then then what it's like they're saying it doesn't matter but then they still do it it's like there's still an elite spiritual vibe you know like that comes from how many followers still you have the the presentation of your your goddess or god image or male you're fitting into some um conscious conscious persona soul liberties but it's like the same principles of business which another thing that's interesting is I think I was more of an artist and then I got into spiritual things or awakening. I, was, I wasn't that good at business. I think the one time I did try to do that business, I got overwhelmed. And that triggered me to leave everything. But what I see, the people that are successful over the years and maintaining a certain image here is yeah they're coming from the the or not even successful there's a lot of people coming from a corporate life who then get spiritual and then want to do some sort of spiritual business and that, that's not my experience like i don't know the corporate life i never had that so that's one reason why i think my perspective is different but also why i I kind of enjoy it feel maybe that's it feels strange to me to be in a corporate mentality but also spiritual like what makes more sense is artistic and spiritual but that's because that's my experience so being corporate and spiritual or money and spiritual i think maybe but not just money just this idea I mean, it's like I'm getting used to it. I'm integrating it. Because I'm a, I am started becoming more aware of, for example, that you need a business system to automatic. Because why? Because I think um, automatic income, like a, like a living off uh, residual income so I don't have to work. And every month I get a certain amount coming in from the things I've put out into the world somehow that's an amazing concept and I'm not attached to it having to be a spiritual business in terms of that but I'm I'm just drawn to 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 uh, these themes of spirituality identity self interest narcissism uh, finding yourself losing yourself rambling but having a purpose having an intention but not being tense about it not intention 
paradox, controversy. Well, let's just take it to a little less out there. I'll just conclude by saying the purpose of this share and most shares I do, well, no, this share is to show a little bit more about how I think and operate in a non showy way, but at the same time I'm showing it. Like a long form content. But I'd like to do more skits and short form content where like it really creates a crazy sense of things or it's like it can be polarizing. Like that excites me, you know, I want to do something where I'm even more going after these spiritual narcissists. <laughs> But apparently if I use a gun on TikTok, I get, I got warned twice. Once I thought it was just because I used it too much, but apparently, or said something about shooting things. But the next one, I just had a few moments of me with a, a fake machine gun. And it really made, it like I got warned if I do one more, like I have one more warning and then my account gets closed. That's a whole nother theme, like, Okay, you want to be yourself and do a business, but then you're you're limited by what you can say because you might be spreading something bad into the world. Like, I mean, it makes me think like what I'm sharing as a joke is on the same level as people sharing like child pornography or something. Like, community guidelines are. Aren't, shouldn't they be on a spectrum too? Child pornography seems such a cringe thing to, to, to go into. I think what I'm saying is what guides the Tao of Chow is something that makes me feel something like ooh or ooh and I, I think from what I've heard about artists is that's what guides them <laughs> like to actually care but what does that mean it's just something that makes you feel something and then you explore you marinate in that feeling and you go with it and you, and you play with it or you let it lead you And that's some sort of flow. And there's a joy in just doing that, just being danced by those impulses. But should we transcend the impulses? Shouldn't we be transcending if we're conscious instead of indulging? Because everything is temporary. Ooh, that's a great theme, selective. Uh, attention of what you deem as spiritual and what's not and how your spiritual quotes feed certain impulses justify them while negating others and that's a whole, that's could be a beautiful skit man done like how these lines like uh off the top of my consciousness these lines like we are all one i'm just a mirror of your you're projecting like these can feed a narcissistic gaslighting mentality one of the ones that i use a lot and it's hard to is something around because um, it's arguable like i could say well you were my friend, but then you, you fucked my ex, and that's a betrayal of our friendship, of a bro code. So on some level, I'm like, that could be an unconscious belief, a limiting belief according to a spiritually awakened person who's like, look, we're all one. I have a right to do what I want. We're sovereign beings. What about have some compersion, you know? 
know that my pleasure is your pleasure. Her pleasure is your pleasure. We're, we're connected. Isn't that a greater attitude to have? It's so low vibe to be, to feel, to feel what you feel. A high vibe person would be happy for us. Because we're just having fun in the flow. We are aligned with the universe. And we are flowing. How dare you comment? How dare you affect how I live my life? I let you live your life. You can do what you want. And we can do what we want. And we're still friends, bro. We're still friends. I don't see the what's wrong. Another guy's like, but you fuck my wife. What if it got to that level? But she and then you can be like, well, she wasn't happy. She she liked my enlightened dick. You're not. You won't. You weren't enlightened. You're too caught up in in earthly things. Yeah, but you seduced her with your Jesus-like imagery and flowery spiritual language. Ooh, see, that's another amazing theme is how you use spiritual language to manipulate people into giving you more resources, whether it's sex, money, attention, or um, yeah, sex, money, attention, or I think that's a power, gives you more power. So this was kind of like an authentic exploration, and now my mind's like, well, how do I share it? How do I package it? How do I, you know, put it out there into the world in a way? Do I edit it? Make it? Da -da -da? And it's just a bit annoying, and yet I think it's necessary because of the way the world is. And if I have the extra energy, or when I do, I do like edit and try to figure out how to create images, and I spend hours just keep changing my uh, my handle like I need to have one handle across all platforms why do I keep changing it from the Don Chow show to the Don Chow to the the Tao of Chow to the Don Chow podcast like I need different inst you know different social media accounts to showcase you know this is just surfing this is my comedy this is my video production this is just me and then you have like different you have Facebook TikToks and Facebook pages and like it, it, it's actually very overwhelming. So then I'm like, okay, I needed somebody to help me organize all this because I'm, I'm sharing my message in the world. And I need to come up with a system. So systems can help. If I come up with a system, then I can get my message out there better. And I'm serving the world. And I'm, and I'm like, it's helping me express. For example, I spent like 30 minutes getting a headache trying to set up like my cameras and everything. What if I just had a studio? What if I had a system or where it was like easier? What if I had technology that just made it happen quicker? What if there was an algorithm that could edit my videos? What if there's an algorithm that could, you know, cut out the ums and the likes, and then also, mm, not algorithm, but an AI, and then like edit the best parts into a short that would get the most views? I guess I would pay for that. But then what am I like enforcing in the world? Shorter attention spans, sensationalness, clickbait, blah, blah, blah. But somewhere out there, someone's saying to me, or there's a message that says, just provide real value. But what is real value except perceived value? Most people want to watch things on how to get rich, not forget who they are. But there's maybe rich people want to forget who they are. Maybe that's my target audience. People who, who aren't trying to get rich and they're a little bit rich and they're a little bit bored and they want some inspiration. Maybe they're too rigid. All right. Wow. That's how I work. I just go and then I just crash. 
I just serve, and then I'm just like, come home and like, I keep falling asleep in my bed with all the lights and clothes on. Gotta work on that, gotta get ready for bed before I start crashing. Peace out. One hour. Welcome to the Don Chow Podcast. <laughs> Fuck it. Welcome to the Tao of Chow. The Tao of Chow is just Don Chow flowing. And talking about narcissism just to make himself feel more okay being talking to himself for an hour. And sharing it with the world. All right, peace, yo.